What's up, Bucketheads? It's Joe with that CBB DFS. I'm here with Bird and James again, and we're back for another Saturday morning shoot-around. We're going to get you ready for the 10-game DK slate that tips at 11. But first, boys, how you doing? Doing great. Glad to be here. Yeah, got a, excited. Yeah, we got a nice we got a nice slate. Uh, looking at these games, we got 10 of them. Uh, now, we wish the prize pool was a little bit bigger again, but... Of these 10 games, we don't have any totals, any game totals under 140. Normally, that don't go overboard section that we do is always littered with uh, games in the 130s and sometimes 120s. But here, the lowest one is 140 on the nose. So even though we'll have three games in that don't go overboard section, I feel like there's a lot of guys you can pick from tonight. Right, Bird? Yeah, I think that's one of the nice things about this slate. In theory, you know, ownership should be really spread out because you can play anybody from really any game. Like there's no, there's no Kansas state on the slate where you can just get rid of them. Um, so yeah, I think it'll be fun. I think it'll be a good kind of spread out ownership and, and a lot of, a lot of options. And James, this slate doesn't have that $10,9500 alpha either. Uh, I think the champagnes are 91 and 88 and one of them aren't even playing. Yeah, uh, what do you think about yeah. the balance on this slate? I think it's pretty good. I think even some of the guys that we've seen in the past, uh, like the uh, down in price, so maybe even you know he's a little bit more attractive than normal. Uh, I think it's a really good slate in that way, um, and it's really just going to be about picking the right right players this time. So, so Bird, you, it's going to be hard to make like a stars and scrub lineup. So, would this be a type of slate where you, as a when constructing your lineup, you're just kind of zero in on like that high priced values, that upside seven thousand dollar guy? Yeah, I, I think I think there's a lot of different ways you can go, which I think is nice. I think there's a couple value plays that are out there that are pretty solid. Um, so you might be able to put three 8K, 8K type players in your lineup. Um, you could go with that balanced approach and, and really just try to hammer, you know, get 30, 35 points from every player. Um, mm-hmm. I, I think you can go a million different directions here. And so I, I think that's what's exciting about it. One thing I will tell you, I think it's going to take about 250 to win this thing tomorrow uh, and well over two to cash. That That's my my takeaway right now. Yeah, I agree. We saw, you know, our, our buddy Kurt had a 289 or something like that and got third. third yeah. yeah, I could see, you know, a, a similar situation on Saturday. Do we have any uh, news, notes, uh, any updates on – Bird, do you want to give them the prize picks information and update the Buckheads if we've gotten any new uh, contributions or anything like that of late? Well, I just got a re- alert on my phone that Iowa State-Kansas is canceled tomorrow. Oh, like so, just now? Literally just came across. So that sucks. Well, now it's a nine-game slate. <laughs> yeah, it looks like Iowa State's got some COVID issues. So, hey, breaking news, even though it won't be breaking news by the time it's <laughs> Right. We, we, we got to get some audio drops for those. Wee, wee. Breaking news. <laughs> as heard here, heard it here first. I was going to joke did that it, it probably won't end up being a 10-game slate, and here we are. It's already already down to nine. But anyways, no, no really news and notes other than that, I guess. You know, a couple of just reminders. Uh, one... Uh, we're partnering with Prize Picks, and uh, you know, so we in our, in our daily articles, uh, you'll see at the bottom of the of the page we have our Prize Picks. Uh, good, you know, Prize Picks is fun, easy to use, easy to play, and, and so you can get a 100% deposit match by using uh, code CBBDFS or, or clicking on the link. We've had several tweets out there that have a link as well, but a 100% deposit match, uh, and we'll throw some winners out there, and uh, you know, you can hit five extra money, ten extra money, depending on how many bets you want to make. Uh, so it's, it's kind of fun, easy, easy to use. And then we also have a donation tab. Uh, we have a pinned tweet out there where you can leave us a donation if you'd like. Uh, we do this all for free. Uh, we do it for our bucket heads, and we really want to see you guys win the money. Uh, if you feel like giving us a 
you know, a couple bucks uh, as, as a thank you, we, we will take it. We'll invest it in the in the business. And we got a donation this week, didn't we? We did. Yeah, we've gotten a few donations. And it's just it's super cool. It's super nice. Like that's just you know, there's just really nice people. It's it's CBB community is just awesome. Like there's just awesome people, and we we love being part of it. Yeah, we can't say it. We we say that a lot, but we really can't say it enough. It, it is it is a sense of community that we're going for here. We 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 know the replies, we know the questions, we know a lot of the people who are on the likes, um, or we feel like we know them personally because we've seen them for the last three years, and it's it's why we do it, why we keep doing it, right? All right. Well, let's get into uh, the slate. Sound good, James? Yeah, Rowe? let's dive in. Yeah, let's, let's go. go. Well, we're not gonna dive in. We're gonna we're not gonna go overboard. Uh, we're going to flip this. I, I know our last video pod, we did the higher scoring game first and the lower scoring games uh, towards the end. And that we, we're going to flip it back to our traditional style and start with the games where we've got them bucketed, uh, where we don't want to go over a board. We don't want too much exposure here. But as we mentioned in the intro, a lot of good totals on this slate. Anytime uh, you have a total over 140, I think you're going to find a couple live, live plays from those games, and we're probably not going to say fade at all together. But the first game on here, which is an, uh, a total of 140.5, is Syracuse and Pittsburgh. Uh, yeah, so uh, Syracuse, four-point favorites. Uh, Pitt, over under, like you said, 140.5. Pittsburgh just beat Syracuse uh, in early January, 63-60, kind of a stinker. Um, but both teams traditionally play kind of fast. Pittsburgh's been horrible offensively this year, uh, but they are holding teams to 27.3% from three, uh, you know, and so Cuse likes to shoot the three, so that's something to keep an eye out for. Um, for Pittsburgh, Champagny's out, uh, Hughley is out, um, so they're running out of, of roster spots there, which is which is a little concerning, but could mean more uh, usage and more minutes for some of the primary guys. Uh, Xavier, Xavier Johnson is their primary usage guy at 7,300. Uh, he went 3 of 14 from the field against Cuse last game. And still ended up with 34 DK points, so that's pretty solid. Uh, Audie's Tony is at seven is at 7,000. He had 14 boards against Cuse, and we've seen teams against that two-three zone really, you know, get a ton of offensive rebounds, get a ton of putbacks. Yeah. Um, but he's been a very steady, uh, kind of consistent force throughout the year. Uh, and then they have a couple value options. Uh, Ethel Horton is 4,600. He's playing 82% of the minutes in conference play taking 25% of the shots in conference play, and he's shooting 40% from three. So I think he's a decent 4X option. And then Femi Otakale is 3,800. He's playing almost 30 minutes a game. Uh, he's gone 7X and 5X over his last two. So at 3,800, finding a guy who's going to play 38, you know, 30 minutes, uh, you know, at 3,800, that's a that seems like a great value option. Uh, James, anything, you know, ACC is kind of your country. Uh, anything else you're seeing there? No, not really. I think with the, the injuries in the front court, obviously, um, they're having to kind of go deep into the roster there. That's why you're seeing uh, these super low price guys um, become available here and, and good options. But uh, definitely, guys, you should take a look at there. This game's got to go higher than that 63-60 it went last time, right? Yeah, I would think so. Yeah, and then on uh, the Syracuse side, yeah, it's the normal. They only play basically five guys at this point. Uh, you know, Alan Griffin's going to be their highest usage player at 7,700. Kind of gets involved in a little bit of everything. He had 41 DK against Pittsburgh earlier this year, so I think he's priced fairly. It's a little high, um, but but it's okay. Uh, Buddy Bayheim has back-to-back 30 burgers at at 6900. He went three of 12 from the field against Pitt last time, but obviously the usage usage is there. Uh, being a coach's son means you can just shoot every time you want. I think, and, and so Buddy does that pretty well. Quincy Garrier. Uh, at 6,700, had a little bit of foul trouble against Pitt the first time, but he's got two 40-burgers and a 50-burger in his last five games. And at 6,700, I think he's really fairly priced. 
And then Joe Girard at 6,100 is more of a tournament option only. We talked about Pittsburgh does defend the three well, and that's kind of what he does. Like he's a, he's a, he's a three point shooter. He kind of reminds me a little bit of Christian Brown from Kansas where he's kind of in that 6k range where he could get you 30 DK and he could get you, you know, 14. So kind of more of a boomer bust guy. And then Merrick Dolge is going to literally play every minute of the game probably. And he's at a season low price point. I'm not sure I've ever got him right, James. I don't know if you ever get him right or not, but he, he plays every single minute. Like at 5,900, there's worse plays you could make. Yeah, and he and he does smash, right? I mean, he's got a 50 DK game this year. He's got a 45 DK game this year. And granted, those aren't, you know, against uh, major teams. But, you know, he's a guy that's going to play all the time. He can get hot. And when he does, he goes through the roof. So he's a pretty tempting player to play sometimes, uh, particularly in tournaments. And it's not like Pittsburgh's defense is scary by by any means. Exactly. So, right. And, and th- th- these are the guys, right? This is this is the five from Cuse, and and they're going to play a ton of minutes. So, uh, not not a bad game to get some exposure to for sure. Awesome. Yeah, I, I do like that, and I think that's going to be kind of the theme as we go through these games. Some guys that we like, and that's why these picking the right combination is going to be what's most important. If it's all right, if it's all right with you, Bird, if you're good on that, can I get into Butler Creighton? I would love it if you got into Butler and Creighton. I mean, just got inside its soul and told will, us all the good plays. I'm going to get deep down in the plums of Creighton. Um, <laughs> right now, uh, the the thing everyone wants to know is Marcus Zagorowski's status. Bird, has your phone given you an alert on that yet? No, we need a hammy alert. I know. Uh, right now, he's considered day-to-day. He was a surprise last Saturday when, when he was out. Nevertheless, Creighton still smashed in his absence. At 7,100, I think he's... He would normally, I would say, if he goes, you play him. But Butler's a team that likes to muck it up. This is a, a, a weird game because uh, Butler's actually had Creighton's number. They've won the last four in this series. Butler's not real good this year. Um, they're actually 0-7 when teams score over, score over 68 points, and Creighton could have could threaten that number at half, or they have in some games this year. So this is one of those games where I, I like Creighton to cover the eight. I, I, I think... If Butler wants to have any chance, they're going to have to score. So it should go over the 140, which is the total here. As far as the DFS plays, Zagorowski, we're going to watch his status. Um, If this game is in the high 60s, low 70s, I I don't know if I'm going to risk him being 100% or not being 100% and putting him in my lineups. That being said, Damian Jefferson is the same way. He's still overpriced for me. He does a little bit of everything, but he hasn't hit uh, 4x uh, at this new higher price since he's been uh, priced up quite a bit uh, in a while. Uh, Denzel Mahoney, on the flip side, has been priced down. You know, he's someone who is due, had a nice game last time out. But with Mahoney, I like the player more than the matchup here. Christian Bishop hasn't hit 4x since my birthday, so I can't play him at 6,300. Mitch Ballack is up 400 bucks because he had 28 last time out, which was that Saturday game without Zegs. Uh, So Ballack, I think, is fair and fine. And then my guy Kalkbrenner's up uh, up a couple hundred. Uh, He's he's now at 5,100. We liked him better at that 4,400, but you know, even at 5,100, he's still gone 5x, 4x, 4x in his last three. So if Zagorowski's out, I, I like them to continue to utilize Kalkbrenner, and a slower game isn't going to impact him as it would the guards as much. So anything on Creighton stand out besides those guys? Yeah, I, I looked up one on, on Twitter. It says they're going to be pretty cautious with Zagorowski. 
I think they play nine games over the next four weeks. And so I think they said they're going to take a cautious approach with them. So, so maybe they're leaning on him not playing. And I did like that Balak seemed to take, a, you know, he kind of looked for a shot a little bit more last game yeah. with Zegs out. And, and so I think that's, I'd love to see that continue because God, he can shoot the lights out. He can, and, and he'll have to. I mean, you know, you're losing a lot of usage when he's off the floor. So, I mean, people are going to have to step up. I would, if he is, if he does miss or if he's limited, I think Balak again, give him, bump him up a little bit. Now on the Butler side of things, Chuck Harris got a questionable tag next to him. Uh, we'll monitor that, but Chuck Harris doesn't excite anyone in that 6,600. Uh, I mean, he's not even averaging 4X on the season. He's only scoring about 20 DK a game. So, I'm not a big fan there. Bryce Enzies is at 6,400. He's had back-to-back 5X performances. Um, he's probably pretty fair. He should be able to do some work down low. Jair Bolden has kind of been lost since Aaron Thompson came back from his uh, ankle injury. Uh, he was kind of their usage and shot share guy when Thompson missed, um, but now he's kind of faded into the distance as Harris has emerged and Thompson has returned. That being said, Aaron Thompson is 6,200. I feel like this is a good spot for him. Uh, He's a veteran player who's uh, seen these Creighton defenders for a while now. He's, in my opinion, Butler's best player, and if Butler wants to play well, he's going to have to play well. So uh, he'll need 25 to get value and i think that's quite possible for thompson so um i'm good if you want to fire him up you know again don't love the game so keep that in the back of the mind and then the last last guy i want to mention on here is miles tate down there at 4700 he played all 40 minutes last game uh that's just we talk about people who are on the floor and have opportunities now he only had 24 dk in those 40 minutes but for 4700 that's a pretty small price for someone who's not coming off the floor so uh Outside of that, uh, Bert, I know you got a buddy who's a Butler guy. Um, I, I don't really love anything on this team, but I, I feel good if you want to get Thompson in a cash lineup. Yeah, I, I think that's fair. Uh, one other thing to note, just, you know, Sharif Mitchell played at point guard on the Creighton side when Zagorowski was out. He got dinged up with an ankle injury, um, but it sounds like he went back to practice on Thursday at 3,700. Um, if he plays, you know, he had 20 DK. Uh, when 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 Zegs was out, so he might be a, a cheap flyer you could take as well. He looked, actually looked pretty good. Good dropping. That's all I got on that game, guys. Why don't we move ahead to the Pac-12? We got a little Pac-12 appearance on this Saturday morning shoot around with Stanford and Colorado. Yeah, we do. Um, and Stanford's actually playing at like a top 60 tempo this year. So Buffalo, the the Buffs could actually get a pace up game, uh, which is nice. Uh, I think that's good to see. Oscar De Silva and Zaire Williams for Stanford. A really kind of similar Ken Palm usage, you know, in terms of usage, uh, rebounding rates, assist rates. The big difference is De Silva has been just way more efficient, way more consistent. Um, he is coming off a really, really bad game against Utah, uh, but he has a couple 50 burgers uh, this year, and uh, he does have a higher floor, I think, than Williams. And, and Williams has been, you know, that kind of that typical freshman. He's, he's been, been all over the place, but he did have a triple-double against Washington. Uh, we think he's a very good player. He's an NBA player. And so I think he's a good option in, in tournaments as well. Uh, James, I, you might be able to get a triple-double against that Washington team, though. So I'm not sure how that's much that's very that likely. It's very likely. Yeah, they're horrible. <laughs> they look so James bad does. against USC. But anyways, I don't want to get James doesn't there. pass. James doesn't pass. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> get it in blocks. <laughs> there you go. Uh, Dejon Davis is back. Uh, he came. He played 25 minutes off the bench. For Stanford, we all know he's been there forever. Uh, but at 6,800, I feel like he's a nice high floor play. 
Uh, and then Jaden Dallaire at 4,400 is playing about around 30 minutes a game lately, taking about 25% of the shots. And he's gone 7x, 7x, 4x, and 5x in his last four. So at 4,400, uh, I, I think that's a, a decent, a, a, that's a pretty solid value option that you could look at. Um, and then the Colorado side, McKinley Wright is a standard, you know, thing we say every time, you know, high floor play, uh, kind of boring. He's been there for 14 years, it feels like. Um, priced up just a little bit, but still, you know, he's probably going to end up with 32 DK like he always does. Uh, Deshaun Schwartz is priced up to 6,500. Uh, he had that 15.15 board effort, uh, on January 11th. So, you know, at that price, he's probably more of a GPP play. Uh, if you guys have listened to our pods before, you've heard us talk about Jabari Parker, uh, as a kid, we really liked a freshman for Colorado was kind of playing sparingly at, at the beginning of the year, but he's coming off 33 and 40 DK in his last two games. And we know like he is a super, super talented player. The, the question is, you know, how many minutes is he going to play? Is he, if he gets 25 to 30 minutes, I mean, he's going to do great. He's going to smash, but he's priced up and you just really have to roll the dice that he's going to get enough minutes, uh, to, to provide value at that price. You know, what's funny is you kind of did a Freudian slip there and you called him Jabari, Jabari Parker, uh, oh. the former Dukey stud, oh, um, instead of Jabari Walker. But no, game, game, game knows game, right? <laughs> That's right. Well, how good was Jabari Parker in college? Not in, not in, yeah, <laughs> in college. You got to you got to qualify that statement in college. Well, Walker's a much more athletic uh, version of, of the Jabari's there. Uh, but he, we, we, we've watched him play. He, he is a very good player. Uh, it's really just about the minutes. And then, I mean, you could look at Evan Batty. Like, like he's like a 4X type of option. But overall, I, I don't really have a great feel on Stanford, Colorado this year. Like they both like are kind of like Jekyll and Hyde a little bit. Um, I think there's some decent options in there. Probably a lot of lower owned options. Is that Jariah Horn worth a look, Bird? He's had a couple decent games, 30 DK games against pretty stout defenses, Tennessee, Oregon. Is he worth a shot? Yeah, I mean, he he was playing really well there for a little while, and, and then now Walker's getting some more minutes, and so I think it's at his expense. Mm. And, and so I, I think that's, you know, they're kind of in that, you know, what direction do they want to go? You know, because they're a good team. Like, they're they're a tournament team this year. So I, it, it's hard to say. You're right. He's had some really nice games, um, and his price is down a ton. Um, it's, it's just a matter if they're going to use Walker or not. And that one's 140 and a half, right? Just like the other ones kind of in this bucket, but that's going to close out our don't go overboard bucket. And now we're moving into our tread water section. All these over-unders are between 143 and 145. So just a little bit more high scoring than the last games we were talking about. And the first one I have on here is North Carolina and Florida State. Yeah, we were talking a little bit about North Carolina right before uh, we jumped on here. And such a frustrating, confusing team this year. Uh, they're mostly front court players. They have a, a just a dynamic and dynamite front court, uh, but you don't really know right now who's going, to, who's even going to start. Um, that's been all over the place too recently. So we were kind of down on Garrison Brooks. His price was way down recently. Uh, he's back up to 7,400 after he had a, a 41 DK game against Syracuse. Obviously, we just talked about Syracuse and some of the rebounding advantage that uh, you know bigger guys can have against them. Um, so that might have some, a little something to do with it. Uh, we also saw, you know, the youngster, Dayron Sharp, has been spectacular lately. Uh, he got priced way up to 7,700, played 15 minutes against Syracuse. Uh, didn't start. And so uh, very confusing. He's down in price now, down to 6,600. Uh, so he's back in a range that makes him very enticing, I think. 
Uh, Leaky Black is doing his 4X thing, so he's always in, in your sort of your cash lineups there. Uh, and then Baycott, uh, 27 minutes he played last game Syracuse after he's been kind of down and out. Put up 36 DK, double-double. So very confusing. It's very difficult to predict at this point what they're going to do. Florida State's not a, a great matchup. They just completely hammered <laughs> NC State a couple nights ago. Yeah. Uh, so I, you know, it's really tough to say. Uh, then we, as we get into the backcourt, you know, it becomes maybe even a little bit more murky. Kerwin Walton's actually probably playing better than anybody right now. Uh, he's priced at 4,900. Caleb Love is total mystery. I think collectively we've all kind of given up on him at this point. <laughs> <laughs> so I think I think he's going to have to show it um, before you know we're willing to invest in him again. And then R.J. Davis, uh, the other freshman that's a dynamic playmaker, uh, super quick. He had 21 against Syracuse, 21 DK. You know it's tough. He's priced at 4100, so I think you can take a, a chance with him. He's got that kind of talent uh, where he can blow up. And then I think everybody's sort of waiting on Anthony Harris to come back. He's 4300. He's questionable right now and. Um, He's coming off the torn ACL, so we don't really know a whole lot, but he's been practicing, so it's possible he could make an appearance. Um, but I think if he's healthy and with the struggles they have in the backcourt, I wouldn't be surprised if um, you know if he starts getting some heavy tick when he does come back. Caleb Love shooting 32% from two yeah. and 18% from three at, at 26% usage. Yeah, it's <laughs> remarkable. It's remarkable. If he wasn't such a highly touted player and so necessary on that team, uh, he just he couldn't be playing as much as he's playing right now. Well, and and now the minutes are starting to go. You know, it, it's right. it's getting it's in the twenties now routinely as opposed to the high twenties and thirties um, from when they were trying to build that team around him. And it's 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 sad. I mean, you you I used to stick him in because the minutes were there and the usage was there, but now as the minutes dwindle. You know, I, I you can't do it anymore. I mean, he, his price keeps dropping at 4,600. Yeah. You think you, you got to do it, but I, I think I'm I, I'm gonna quit him. I know I said <laughs> I can't quit him, but <laughs> I think I gotta quit him. I think I gotta quit him. Yeah. I, what about the Florida State side? Uh, any any update on Scotty Barnes? Uh, no update on him yet. Um, that's obviously a big one because um, you know that's a pretty big swing. We saw. Uh, once he went out, uh, Raquan Evans ended up having a, just a massive game, uh, uh, had 37 DK in a pretty short amount of time. They like to spread the minutes out on Florida state. So they're a little tricky to team to play really MJ Walker. We compared to Caleb Love actually, uh, had a very similar kind of career trajectory, uh, early on. He was a very highly touted five-star player came to Florida state and just could not put it together. He'd show flashes, but couldn't put it together. And this year he's been, uh, off and on, I would say he's coming off a 28 DK game uh, against NC State when they sort of unloaded on them for 105. Uh, I think it was one of the most efficient. I can't remember the exact stat, but I think it was one of the most efficient games in college basketball in in many years <laughs> that the teams had. So it was pretty incredible. What it was the most efficient uh, offensive performance by Florida State in school history. I saw the stat it's, too. That, that's what that was. About. Yeah, yeah, it was it was pretty bananas, but. You know, again, he's a guy. He's 5,600. I think he's somebody that you can always look at in GPP because he's always got that that potential. Uh, we know UNC, you know, is a team that uh, you know likes to get up and down. So a little bit of a pace up game, maybe. Outside of that, I don't really love too many players on Florida State. To be perfectly honest, I think they're just a really tough. It's almost impossible. They got kind of spread it out in the the front court anyway. 
they're obviously going against a pretty stout front court and and you know UNC so uh there's really no no forwards on on the team that really stand out uh to me and I think in the guard as far as the guards go as we talked about earlier I think you can look at MJ Walker maybe take a shot with uh, Raycon Gray uh, but beyond that I think you just really want to pay attention to see if Barnes is playing or not I think you want to play him uh but after that, it's uh, really just becomes a crapshoot with Florida State. Just not not a very fun DFS team. Awesome. We good on that one, Bird? Do you have any follow ups on that one? No, I think any we're good. I, I agree with the MJ Walker piece. You know, it's, it almost feels a little bit like uh, Kobe McEwen was that earlier this week when he was like 5K. Like he, he's just he's probably a better player than than his price tag. And if, if Barnes is out, I think he'll have some really nice usage. Yeah, no, I, I agree with that as well. Let's flip over to one of my games. How about Kentucky and Auburn? Uh, first, before I dive into the game, I want to read this uh, this tweet that Bird shared with me this week. And it says, this is from Ken Pomeroy, the, the stat guru that we get all of our information from. In two games with Sharif Cooper, Auburn's ranking in adjusted tempo has gone from 196 to 75. Auburn played the third and 12th fastest paced games in Division I in that time. So... Sharif Cooper. Let's let's talk about him. Do you guys uh, got any thoughts on uh, on the freshman? I, I'm going to say this right now. At 8,200, he's still underpriced. Have you seen a price go up that like that? By the way, I've never seen a price go from 3,000 to 8,200 in two games. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, a couple 50 burgers will do that to you. It'll you know? do that. Yeah. <laughs> It's incredible. The the Auburn team looks completely different right now. Um, they they were completely lacking a point guard and kind of adrift offensively. Um, and then when Justin Powell went down, they they were kind of mm-hmm. even more lost. And then all of a sudden, magically, Cooper becomes eligible, cleared to play, and they they've been incredible. I, I mean, there's no other way to describe it. Bird has a do you got a Sharif mania? You, you, if you watch college basketball, you can't you can't not have Sharif Mania, and he's and, and the nice thing is he's making his teammates better too. Like like that's the true sign of a great player. I mean, not only are his individual stats incredible, but like the, the team is playing better. The the, the players are I mean, there's 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 good options all of a sudden on Auburn. So it's super fun. It's awesome. There really is. Uh, so at 8,200, I, I, I say fire away on Sharif again. Now, Kentucky's going to be his toughest matchup to date. Um, it's it's not the same defense, but it is a, a slower pace and a well-coached team. You know Cal's going to have some sort of plan for Cooper. So that being said, he needs 33 to get over 4X, and I don't see how he doesn't do it with the way that he's playing. So um, I'm, I'm good with all the Sharif Cooper and all the lineups. He's one of 11 from three this year, too. So what if he starts hitting threes? <laughs> yeah, good night. Um, I will say this, though. With with Sharif Cooper's emergence, Alan Flanagan's value has been probably the one hit the most. Um, he was kind of their usage guy before he came in and took that crown. Um, he's down to 7,200, and I'm not sure I can play Flanagan at 7,200. Um Alan Flanagan, Jalen Williams, JT Thor, uh, Jamal Johnson, Devin Cambridge, all these guys are shoot wings who can shoot three and run and go and jump and play defense. And now that they have a point guard driving this out, you can really pick your poison of those guys on who you think is going to go off. Um, Devin Cambridge is at 4,700. He had 30 DK on Kurt's lineup when he took that third place that we talked about. 
Um, Cambridge is a shooter, and someone like Cooper gets him open looks. Jamal Johnson's a shooter. He's at 5,200. Now, he hasn't had that breakout with Sharif, but he could do that at any given time. I think he's an excellent GPP target. JT Thor, he's a forward at 5,800. And uh, this is someone that Cooper heavily recruited to Auburn. This is someone that reclassified. So he's just really getting into the college game right now. He should be a high school senior. Um, but at 5,800, he can stretch the floor. He can block the shots. He can grab some rebounds. I like to watch Thor's progression. Um, Justin Powell, we mentioned, he remains day-to-day. Um, he's been out for a while. He's due back soon. Uh, another good shooter on this team who I'm excited to see because he was their leading scorer before Cooper came back. So I'm excited to see how Cooper can set him up for more better production. I don't think they're necessarily going to steal uh, that much usage from each other, but I, I, I'm really excited to see how they complement each other. And then, as I mentioned, playing again, I'm probably off of at 72. Once he gets into the $6,000 range again, he'll be playable. And uh, Jalen Williams is a pretty steady option at 6,100, uh, a good 4X option for Auburn. Uh, anything on uh, Auburn side uh, by either of you guys that you think, if I might have missed something? No, I think that was great. Sharif Cooper, he, he good. He good. He good. Uh, Kentucky, they they not good, although they played better the last game. They did. So they had their, they started three and zero in the SEC, and they had that winning streak snapped. You know, but they're they're starting starting to put the pieces together. I I think the line in this one is one point, and the over under is one forty three. Um, I like Auburn to take care of business at home here. Auburn's not that good. The line is this close because of the name recognitions for Kentucky. This could even swing to a money line situation for Auburn tomorrow once the public gets in. So it's something I'm going to be watching. But with Kentucky, the highest two price players they have is Isaiah Jackson and Olivier Saar. Uh, 63 and 6,100. Uh, Saar's been maddening this year, up and down and up and down. Just when you think he gets it together, he'll have a, a complete egg. Isaiah Jackson is awesome, um, but he's not offensively inclined enough for me at 6,300. He's he's, he can run, jump, block shot, steal. He's everywhere. He's got the long ponytail. He's up and down the floor. It, it's like a track star playing for them. Um, but uh, at 6,300, I'd prefer a little more offensive chops. And that's really been the problem with Kentucky is their lack of offensive production. Um, who on this team, uh, James, I'll ask you, who on this team are you trusting to get a bucket right now? Um, that's a great question. I, I, when I look down the list, though, BJ Boston, somebody that uh, I think was really counted on as being a sort of a primary scorer on this team early yeah. on, and uh, he's obviously struggled, but he flashes. He's down to 5,500, which I think is by far his lowest price of the year. Yep. Um, so that is somebody that I, I would kind of look at and just from a price standpoint and say, yeah, that's a guy that can go. Yeah. Um, take a chance. Like he's not, uh, he's not in Caleb Love territory yet. Um, but right. he, he, he hasn't shot the ball that well, but his usage and shot share is still good. And at 5,500, and we all know that Auburn is going to be loose uh, on the defensive side of things until they put, put it together. I like Boston as well at 5,500 Keon Brooks jr. Is back and he's been pretty steady as a four X option each game. Uh, I have a hard time picking between the point guards, Mince and Askew. They're both average at this point. 5,800 and 5,700, so their pricing is annoyingly average as well. Um, I will mention that uh, Dante Allen has gotten at least 
20 minutes in four straight games. His first two games, he kind of exploded on the scene. And, you know, the Big Blue Nation was buzzing that he was going to be kind of the season savior. Well, he's cooled off a little bit since then. But for 4,500, you're getting someone who can put the ball in the basket, which is something they desperately need who's going to get 20 plus minutes in this game. And then the last name on here is a name you guys recognize Terrence Clark all the way down there at 3,400. He's missed the last four games. He's still listed technically as day to day. Um, I haven't gotten an update outside of that, but if for some reason he, once he gets activated, if that price stays where it's at, I think he's an auto play. Um, but it just, when will that be? I, I, I don't know if it'll be Saturday, but it should be soon as he's sitting with that day-to-day tag. Yeah. Good breakdown, Joe. I think Boston, I think people are going to look hard at Boston at that price. So, so I think that's fair. Like you said, SAR is super frustrating. Um, and, sorry. And, yeah. <laughs> and, and also, sorry. I said that Kentucky has been playing better. I forgot about the curb stomping. They took to Alabama last game. I was thinking about the Florida one on the road. So uh, we'll, we'll talk about Bama in a little bit. They are on a heater. So, yeah, but good good, good job, Joe. I thought that was really well uh, discussed. And, yeah, looking forward to watching Sharif play again. All right, James. Time to bring out your homerness. <laughs> Ohio right, State, so. your guys. No, just kidding. <laughs> yeah. Ohio State at number number 21, Ohio State at number 14, Illinois, over under 145. I.O. price down. Uh, yeah, I was priced down. I think uh, pretty disappointing loss, home loss they had against Maryland. Um, Maryland kind of figured out Illinois a little bit. I think uh, maybe Underwood got outcoached a little bit in that game. And uh, Illinois just is sort of a theme for them. They just don't – somehow they just can't bring it every game. And they'll have these flops. They've had a, a few of them this year already. Um, so I don't – I don't expect that to happen again. I think it was a little bit of a wake-up call, and I, I think they'll be ready to play. Um, so I do like Io in this game. It's, it's a good matchup for him. Uh, Ohio State's kind of a physical team, so a lot of it might depend on how the game's called too. But, um, you know, Io price down, season low. Uh, I think that's uh, that's somebody you definitely want to look at because uh, he's just absolutely capable of going out and getting a, getting a big one. Um, same with uh, Kofi. I think he's uh, priced down a little bit. Uh, not quite the season low, but 8,100. And he's coming off a multiple 30-point game. When was the last time he didn't have a 30-point game? Uh, Mizzou. So that was about a month ago. <laughs> it's the last time that he didn't put up 30. So he's, uh, you know, they kind of in the Maryland game, it was kind of the problem. They sort of went away from him in the second half, even though he was completely dominating. He's just that guy. If they can get it to him right now, he's just he's playing at a level that uh, – uh, it was really high, and so I, I, I do feel good about both those guys in terms of elite plays. I think either one of them are, are fine. Uh, and Corbello was really the one that struggled. I think they, we've written about this, but I think it was a matter of time before teams started to play off of uh, Corbello a little bit, run run under screens, and try to make him shoot. And uh, Maryland did that, and he we saw him really struggle, I think, for the first time this year. And so, you know, Big Ten – coaches league right so I, I wouldn't be surprised to continue to kind of see that so it's really sort of difficult he's the third highest price player on the team right now at 6300 he's a really really good player but he's also a freshman so i i don't think that i would maybe fade him but uh, i'd be very cautious about playing him and yeah, only in gpp i agree frazier is coming off kind of a nasty shoulder injury he sustained against maryland i'm not really sure what to make of him he came back and played a little bit but that was his shooting arm. He's left-handed, so I, I'm not. 
I don't, I'm a little skittish. Of him right now. I think he, he is going to play, but, um, you know, he, he needs to be able to shoot in order to be effective in DFS. And, uh, I, I just, I would like a game to see that, to make sure that, that, that healed. Okay. Really, when you get beyond that, I think, uh, Adam Miller is somebody that you can kind of look at in GPP. Uh, he's been playing a little bit better lately not quite getting maybe to the, the type of value that we want him to be at very shot dependent still. Um, but he is a good shooter. You could look at uh, Georgie's been just completely terrible, kind of a head case last few day, games. So I'm, I'm not sure he's really an option. So I think that's probably about as deep as you really want to go uh, for Illinois. So just to kind of sum up, I think the the two elite plays, Io Coburn, uh, two guys that you can look at in GPP. I think beyond that, it's uh, it kind of gets into more dark territory, pretty questionable territory. Ohio State. So there's a couple of interesting things on this team. So Dwayne <laughs> Dwayne Washington. We owe Ohio State an apology, don't we? Do we? Or I do, at least. I'm I, I the one who asked if they were any good last week. <laughs> <laughs> so, Dwayne Washington, uh, so they've had some interesting, so they've had some injuries, right? So, C.J. Walker uh, is their point guard, and he's been out. Uh, he's questionable right now. Uh, his backup, Sotos, Jimmy Sotos, uh, also questionable. They were both out in the last game. Obviously, they've had pretty shallow backcourt. Dwayne Washington, I think, has picked up a lot of the slack. He's traditionally been more of a shooter, but he's been been taking a lot more shots, more of a playmaker. And we've kind of liked him lately uh, in that role, and he's been playing pretty well. Uh, he's priced up to 7,500, which is uh, 1,100 over <laughs> what he was. Uh, I think by far, yeah, by far the highest price uh, that he's been all season. Uh, I, I think that's finally too high. What do you think, Bird? I know that's a guy that you've played in prize picks a couple times. Oh, entirely too high. It, it's just crazy. We loved Dwayne. We loved Washington at 5,900, you know, 6,200, 7,500. It's just crazy. Yeah. I think we're going to be kind of off him uh, at Illinois. Uh, EJ Liddell, uh, this is a, somebody else that we've talked about. He's been kind of up and down this year. He's a, a sophomore this year, back to the basket. Think like a really poor man's Carl Malone type of game kind of fadeaway jumpers mid-range jumpers uh he's was a two-time uh mr basketball in illinois somebody that illinois really recruited hard uh as a freshman when they played ohio state at the end of last year uh he had a huge game went 17 and 11 so this is his sort of return to illinois a game like that you kind of got to wonder you know if he's going to be playing with a little bit of extra fire so he he's somebody i think uh he's a gp play anyway um but he, he's a play i think that you could probably uh, take a chance with tomorrow at 6,900. Really, when you get beyond that, I think Kyle Young is somebody that's been playing really well lately. Uh, had 35 minutes last game against Northwestern, 30 before that at Rutgers. Not putting up a, a ton of, of uh, DK points right now, but he's only priced at 4,900. Got close to 5X, got for, or right at 5X last game against Northwestern. So I, he's a big body, physical body. So he's a guy I think you can you can take a look at, certainly in cash games. And uh, I'll kind of mention, just as more of a narrative play here, Zed Key uh, played in high school with Andre Corbello. They're like best buds. They both tried to recruit each other to the respective schools. So this will be the first time that these two end up meeting. Key hasn't done a whole lot. He's been getting a little bit more playing time. He's pretty good when he's out there, 15 DK, 20 DK. Uh, before that, uh, just not getting enough minutes, I don't think, to really be effective. He's 4,200 right now, so he'd be more of a dark play. But I think that's uh, really about it. Did I miss anything, guys? I don't think so. You missed a chance to do a Zed's Dead reference from Pulp Fiction. Mm-hmm. But, uh, but Man, you got to take those when you have them. 
I, That's if, right. if Sotos and Walker are both out and Aaron's might play 25 minutes, he could get yeah. you four X at, at 3,900, but yeah, good job, James. You can, you know, James obviously is our passionate Illinois fan. <laughs> we always have a narrative anytime anyone didn't go to Illinois and is going to play against them. That's right. Uh, yeah. but, but I do love that price at 60 at 6,900 for Liddell, um, especially, yeah. you know, compared to Washington for 600 more. Like I, I think Liddell's a really, really solid play. And then Coburn's got, a double double in six of his last seven games that's crazy yeah yeah he, he's good and it, it, the weird thing about him when you watch him is it's you feel like he could do more yeah and he's just he's just not there yet so i i don't know it's kind of interesting interesting with him i think he, he could I, I think he's still due for kind of just a massive game this year all right well next was going to be iowa state and kansas bird and you were going to bring out your homer side but with uh, our live breaking news at the top of the podcast um saying that that one has been postponed I guess that closes out our tread water section, and now we're getting into our dive-in section. Uh, these are all games that have an over-under over at least 147 and a half. Um, I got two of them. James got one, and Bird, we're going to ask you for help along the way. But let's start with the Marquette-St. John's matchup. This is out of the Big East. Um, Marquette is on the road here, but are a two-and-a-half-point road favorite. Uh, the over/under in this one is 154 and a half, and that's mainly thanks to our our friends at St. John's. Um, I think we mentioned this last week on the video pod and on the podcast, but if not, it's a friendly reminder to let all the bucket heads know that St. John's is 18th in the nation in tempo and 320th in the nation <laughs> in defensive field goal percentage. So <laughs> that is a recipe for starting a ton of opposing players and bird who's my favorite player on marquette this year dawson garcia yes dawson garcia is six sixty seven hundred tomorrow um i think he should absolutely eat in this game he's been four x or better in his last four and his price really hasn't jumped um he's shown five to six x ice upside at this price and we talked about the tempo. He's tempo uh, averse. And uh, we talked about St. John's inability to defend in the paint. So uh, I, I'm all on the Dawson Garcia train. Chu, Emmer and Chu. How's wow. that? Nice. <laughs> uh, Bird mentioned Kobe McEwen earlier in, in the pod. And uh, he shows up here again at 6000 bucks, uh, up 1000 from that game where he was oddly priced at five k. Um, again, you trust the talent, a guy who's 5k, who's a little bit better player than what he's showing. Um, he went out and had 28 DK or no, excuse me. He had 40, uh, that game and, uh, really paid off people who played Kobe earlier this week. Now he's back up to 6,000, which is about where he should be. But I think now he's more of in that cash target and probably not going to get you another 40 burger. Um, more on the GPP side of things. We always like DJ Carton, um, especially in pacey games like this uh, where uh, he should go kind of unopposed. I really like him at 5,500. His minutes are there. He's safe with upside. So again, a great GPP target in my opinion. Jamal Kane and Justin Lewis are, are kind of interchangeable uh, with a little bump to Kane. Um, they're, they're that stretch four muscle guy on that team who, who can shoot it and Occasionally pop off for some pretty decent fantasy days. They're GPP options uh, at best. Um, Lewis at 4,800, Kane at 5,700. I'm not going to weigh myself down on this game uh, too much. I mean, I like because I know that Garcia is in my lineups. 
Carton is probably my second best option here. Um, and then if I'm looking for my third, you know, I might even consider if I had, if I needed to get a real price saver, Theo John's 4,300 bucks. God, ever since DK's had Theo John back for the last three years, when Theo John's been in this $4,000 range, he's consistently been a pretty steady play. Um, this is a guy who's averaging almost 5x4,300 on the season. Um, he, he's, he's someone who I think we can, uh, we can look to to save some money and uh, should have some pretty good upside. You guys not on the Theo John train as much as me, or maybe I'm maybe I'm giving him too much credence in this offensive minded game. Well, we still talk about playing Nate Reavers, so I, I think we yeah. can certainly talk about Theo John. At least Theo yeah, John's million times a player. <laughs> He's got better hair. He's got better cornrows. That's for sure. <laughs> And I like what you I like what you hit on. I think Carton is like a cash game lock and, and playable in all formats. I think at 5,500, that's a steal in this pace up game. But yeah, I agree with you, John. John, I think is is a very viable kind of value play option. Awesome. Uh, flipping over to St. John's, uh, Julian Champagny, Uh He's the price king, 9,100 bucks, most expensive player on the slate. I think he's going to be highly owned too because these weekend warriors who played last weekend and had Champagny in. All he did is go out and get them 61 DK against Creighton. So anyone who smashed Champagne last Saturday is probably going to smash him again here, thinking he's going to go out and get 61 again. In the words of Lee Corso, not so fast, my friend. You guys know that guy, the football guy? Uh, Crickets? We watch basketball. <laughs> we need to get a cricket sound drop or something. That was just. We, we only watch college basketball. We don't watch any other sport. Nothing. <laughs> that deserves a yo. All right. Uh, so <laughs> Champagne, uh, 61 last Saturday, but honestly in his, in four of his last six, he's been under four X uh, of this price point of 9,100. So buyer beware with him. He could go out and get you 35, which sounds great. Um, but he's going to need 40 to hit value for you. And I'd rather have someone miss who's a cheaper option than someone miss who I'm investing uh, a fifth of my bankroll on. Champagne, I'm probably off. You guys can correct me if, if if you have other opinions once I'm done with the team here. Posh Alexander, his minutes are back up. Part of that is due to uh, Isaiah Moore, who was suspended. Um, now, he's returned to practice, but the coach has said that it's still a game-time decision on whether or not he'll play. Um, you know, the rest of the St. John's players really haven't uh, separated themselves. They just got a kind of a rotation around Champagne. Uh, you know, I like Vince Cole. Um, he's had 29 minutes last time out and had 20 DK. Um, I like Rasheem Dunn, but he's been quiet of late, even though his last games, he played 33 minutes with 26 DK. Part of that was due to more being out. Greg Williams Jr., minutes are down for him. He's, he's hard to trust right now. Posh Alexander, I mentioned his minutes are up, uh, but I, I'm probably not in love with the St. John side of this as much as I am the Marquette side. Champagne had 21 points, 12 boards, two blocks and a steal against Marquette at the end of last year. However, he also had eight points and nine rebounds in, in a matchup earlier last year against Marquette. So I, I think, I guess, you know, he's probably going to score what, what do you think, Joe, 35 DK, something like that. You just don't think he's going to get the 60 burger or a 50 burger. Uh, like I we think saw. Yeah. So uh, by my math, he needs 39.6 to hit 4x at 9100. I think he's going to struggle to get all the way up to 39.6. 
Yeah, I'd say the only thing that might make it, I guess it's still a gamble, but it is going to be a close game, right? So this this is a game that could be tight. They're going to rely on him. Maybe it goes to overtime. I don't know. Could, could well, be kind of interesting. And that's very true. And Marquette's not a world beater. I mean, they're just a, a hair over 500 on the season. And, and I, I'm talking them up like they're one of the top teams in the Big East. They're definitely not. Um, I just, in this in this matchup, I, I, I like. I think it plays well to uh, Marquette from a DK standpoint. Yeah, we always like to target those pace-up teams, and, and Marquette's certainly the one getting paced up, so so we like that for sure. Yep, Dawson Garcia. <laughs> uh, <laughs> all right, um, that, I'm gonna let's uh, let's put a bow on that one. Um, shut the door. Shut the door on that one, and let's get to the uh, high the the Big Ten game that's in the dive-in section, and that is all-world beater Michigan, uh, five and a half point favorites, number seven in the country. On the road at number 23, Minnesota. Now, James, these two teams hooked up already once this year, right? Yeah, they did. And uh, like almost everybody else, Michigan's played so far. Um, they absolutely destroyed Minnesota, 82-57. to 57. Um, Now, that that was in Ann Arbor. Uh, this is going to be at the barn. So, you know, it's not not a given that, um, you know, Michigan's going to run away with this again. But uh, Michigan's only played one team that's been able to keep it within double digits on them this year, and that's been Penn State. Um, so they've been really, really good. And that their early schedule is a little bit soft. And so I think a lot of people thought they were a little bit fool's gold. There's not huge names on this team. They had a couple guys come back with, you know, Wagner and, uh, livers back. Uh, they've got some guys here that maybe people don't know. And so, uh, I think they, people, including myself sort of expected a down year. It just didn't happen. Um, they, they've been completely on fire. Now you, you kind of have to wonder if they're really belong in that kind of that upper tier Gonzaga, Baylor, you know, are they up in that that sort of rarefied air this year? And I, I don't know. They certainly look it so far. Um, mm-hmm. Tomorrow will be a test. But uh, I think right now, I think the big thing about Michigan to understand is they're uh, the number one team when it comes to uh, two-point percentage defense. They're only allowing teams to uh, 38% uh, from two-point range, so inside the arc. And a lot of that's going to be, you know, it's really due to their uh, couple things. One is they've got a really talented freshman big man named Hunter Dickinson that you've probably started to hear some buzz about lately. He's 26% shot share, 25% usage, top rebounder on the team. I mean, he's he's awesome, uh, and he's really, really been incredible. And uh, right now he's going for um, 8300 so he's not quite as expensive as some of the other guys that we're seeing. Uh, freshman, so his games have been a little bit up and down, but he's put up some big games, 43 DK, uh, had high 30s in a few games, and he's done that against pretty good competition. So I, you know, he he ended up with 37 DK, uh, and it's not like Minnesota's got a bad big man, right? They've got uh, Liam Robbins, who we've talked a lot about this year. He's had some really big games. And uh, just completely owned him. Like Robbins didn't do anything. Um, so you, you kind of have to wonder if that's going to happen again or if Patino can kind of find a way to, to kind of get him going. Um, that's a tough call. But I, I think at this point, um, if you're, you're taking a chance on Minnesota, just overall, uh, Carr, not a great game against Michigan. I think he only had, uh, yeah, 20 DK. So I, I think you have to be pretty careful about 
taking Minnesota players right now, even the good ones, Carr, Robbins, guys you would normally take? Um, I think you can. Uh, but at those prices, 8000 for Carr, 7900 for Robbins, you're taking an awful big chance. Those guys are at home. They are proven players. But uh, I, I think pretty high risk. Uh, when you drop down below that, I think for Minnesota, you get into Brandon Johnson uh, up and down just sort of anyway. I think he sort of falls into that kind of GPP gamble. Uh, Gotch is another player that we've talked about. He's pretty shot dependent. Um, had a decent <laughs> had a decent game against Iowa, but so is everybody. Uh, uh, otherwise, you know, pretty uninspiring numbers there. He's at five thousand. Kalshar, same thing with him too. Um, you know, he can break out, get into a hot shooting mode. He's forty six hundred, so he's a guy that if you think that the, the game's going to go that way, and so really beyond that, you know, Minnesota's not just in general, it's just not. I'm not super excited about them. I think they, they could. Big Ten, anything can happen. And certainly Carr, Robbins will probably be more lower owned than they typically would be. Um, so that might be a reason you, you want to try them out and just be contrarian. Uh, Wagner on the Michigan side is coming off a 41 DK game. Uh, he's been great. He's a guy that we've really touted. He kind of got off to a slow start this year. Now he's starting to become the player I think that we all sort of expected Last three games, he's had a 50 DK game, had a 41 DK game against against Wisconsin, and so he he's playing at an extremely high level right now. And he's 8400. Uh, he kind of took over as a price king here recently. Priced up maybe a, a, a little a little high, so you have to be a little bit cautious. I think there's some other options we've already talked about tonight that might be a little more attractive, but uh, certainly a guy that can that can get his. Uh, and then Levers uh, 7100. Coming off 32 DK game, 30 DK game uh, against Minnesota. He's a guy that's uh, not quite as shot dependent as he has been in the past. He's a guy that can also rebound, uh, do some things defensively. So I think he's a fairly safe play. I probably like him a little bit better in cash. Kind of going down the line here, Mike Smith. We make fun of his name a lot being so generic, but he plays a ton of minutes. He'll play over 30 minutes. Um, not a super attractive play, but he's only 5,300. Um, 5X last game against Wisconsin. Once you get sort of beyond that, I think you start getting into more of the, the dart territory. Michigan can run pretty deep into their bench at times, uh, obviously, with so many blowouts. Being on the road, uh, I probably, you know, there's not really anybody on, you know, as we go deep into it that I'm probably super excited about. Um, it's really just going to kind of depend on game script probably. And so they're, they're really just sort of GPP uh, dart throws. I don't mind Mike Smith at that price. Minnesota gives up a, a pretty high rate uh, of assists. Yeah. So, so I don't think that's too bad. And I, I don't think I've given enough credit to Franz Wagner on his defense. Like he is a very good defensive player, um, not only just, you know, statistically yeah. on Ken Palm, but just in real life. Like he's a very, like, just kind of savvy, good, just good basketball player. Yep. Yep. Really is. Joe, you want to get to the, the last heat of this one? Yeah. And this is awesome because this is the highest over under on the slate. This is the very last tip on the slate, and there are five major injury updates that I want to give you guys at this moment, (laughs) which is going to open up all kinds of value. So uh, we're talking about Arkansas, Alabama. We're talking about an over-under of 160, and uh, right now we got uh, Alabama as a three-point favorite at home. And uh, starting with Arkansas, uh, Iola hasn't played yet this year. He's still in there at 7,600 because he's due back in February. Um, and that fr- I haven't seen anything that leads me to think he's going to play before February. They're sticking pretty t- pretty true to that time 
table. Justin Smith still remains out. He's another forward at 5,900 for Arkansas. Um, so that's two big names for Arkansas that are are missing. Now, both of those names are in the paint. So Jalen Williams and Vance Jackson, Vance Jackson uh, Jr. at 4,800 and 4,600 become very intriguing op- options. Uh, Williams had a nice game last time out. He's been rebounding pretty steadily for that team as Justin Smith has gone down. Vance Jackson Jr. has a little more upside, has a little more willingness to shoot, um, but he could also have a game like he did earlier this week where he had nine shots in the first half, was struggling, and then shut it down. I like both. Probably lean Vance Jackson Jr. just for the offensive side of things at 4,800. That's a cheap way to get exposure to this basketball game. Everyone knows, though, Arkansas is going to make their money in the front court or in the back court, and that's where Moses Moody, the freshman, comes in and J.D. Note come in. Moses Moody's at 7,500. Um, he's averaging about 30.5 DK points a game. I just I just love him. I like the way he plays. He reminds me a lot. His game is very similar to like a John Petty on the Alabama side of things, only Moody's a freshman, so he's going to be doing good things for Arkansas for quite a bit of time. J.D. Note. Guard 6,400, he's their usage and shot leader. Um, They can't keep him from having the ball in his hands or putting it up. He doesn't even start, but uh, he is just a joy to watch. Uh, He gets starter minutes even though he comes off the bench, and you can play him without fear. Uh, Bird, you you like a little note, right? Oh, he's electric. Yeah, I love it when he comes in. He can have the ball in his hands. He gets shots up. he's, He's super fun to watch. He is very fun to watch as well. Jalen Tate is another guard in their backcourt at 6,200. Um, he'll kind of run the offense and have the good assist rates. Uh, Devontae Davis, 5,700, is still overpriced. He had a really big game two days out uh, or two games ago, um, and he's, his price is still up from that. So, I, I mean, there's opportunity, though, and we've seen him do it. I'd rather drop down if I'm looking at Davis to Desi Stills at 5,000. He's a much more proven commodity and a minutes minutes hog on that team, and he's an easy easy cash target for five for five thousand dollars. So that um, kind of clears up Arkansas. Before I flip to Bama, should I talk about Connor Vanover, Bird? Oh my gosh, what happened to him? We've no it's much pace. Game's gonna be too for him. Yeah, so Arkansas's last three games, I don't have him in front of me, um, but. He's just been paced out of. He'll start the game and he'll start the half, and then as soon as they start getting up and down, you know, he's done. Now I get it. The cool thing is, is this pricing-based algorithm. The minute that Arkansas plays a Mississippi State or a Tennessee or someone who's a little slower, a Missouri, Vanover's going to smash because he's going to play his 20-25 minutes and he's going to have 20-25 DK points. And at 3,000, that's going to be a treat. Um, But right now at 3,900, I can't even recommend him in this way in this game in a sub 4,000 total. Yeah. You can see Musselman just shaking his head on the sideline. Like Watford would go around him. Days would go around him and it'd be like, okay, he's gone. He's out. Yeah. I, <laughs> I mean, yeah, it, it was, it was, it, it, they just can't do it, but uh, he'll have his value. He, he, we haven't heard the last of him this year. Obviously some folks who've been playing all year long, remember a couple of his 50 burgers early. They're coming again. Well, maybe not fifties, but Good games are better days are ahead for Connor Vanover. Just a rough stretch of schedule for him. Now let's get to Arkansas or Alabama. And I did not like this at all, but Nate Oates has called Herb Jones and Javon Quinterly, both of them available on an as needed basis. Now what, what does that mean? What does that mean? That, that's, that means it sucks for, for DFS. 
Right. Quinterly's missed the last couple games. He's their point guard. He's down to 6,300 because he hasn't played. Um, they say he's uh, eligible to return. Um, they've been pretty tight-lipped about what why he was out, but he's available on an as-needed basis. Now, Herb Jones has a wrist issue. Um, he's, again, same, same tag, as-needed. Now, this is the same guy we saw shoot free throws with his opposite hand last year uh, when he had a wrist injury. So I assume Herb Jones plays but I'm not sure how effective he'll be. And, uh, you know, that's something where you might want to be careful. We're not getting the 7,500 7, Herb Jones who's going to get you 35 DK with a lock. The good news is this Alabama team without Herb Jones, without Quinterly, and without Jordan Bruner, who we haven't even touched on yet, just beat the crap out of Kentucky um, in their last game. Um, UK didn't have any any answers at all. Um, John Petty, who's 6,800, was great. Jaden Shackelford, who's still at 6,000, he got close to 20 points in that one. They're getting nice contributions from Josh Primo, um, who's down there at 5,500. Um, I do need to talk a little bit about the forward play, though, because I mentioned Jordan Bruner's out. He was an, was an MCL bird. Uh, yeah, yeah, I think he's got a, a torn MCL. He'll be back, but he's going to be out for a little while. Yeah, they, they're thinking he's going to miss about a month, which really stinks because he was kind of the Yale transfer was really kind of taken over that center role for this team with the ability to rebound and alter shots and stre- stretch out and hit the, hit the three. Now, in his absence, look for uh, James Rojas and Alex Reese to get uh, significant bumps in playing time. Rojas has had some nice games in the past, and he's already priced up in anticipation of accelerated minutes, I would assume. At 4,800, I think he's a decent option. Um, Alex Reese is a little bit of a black hole type personality. So if he gets 20, 25 minutes, he could do some weird things at 4,000 bucks. So those are other viable options, uh, especially since there's a specific role for Bruner as their five that's missing. And, And it's not something that can be filled with Petty or Shackelford or Primo or one of those guys. So Rojas and and Reese definitely have value as that five with Bruner being out for the next month. If Primo is going to play 30 something minutes at, at 5,500, I mean, he just looks really attractive in this game. Now it's remained to be seen, right? Like with, with with the questionable status of a few people, Uh, but gosh, he's, he's looked pretty good for a freshman. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I'm looking at any viable option on both sides, and I, I could, you could make a case for playing any of these guys, assuming health is there. I mean, obviously, you're not going to play Bruner or Justin Smith, but any, you could pick anyone on any of these rosters except for Connor Vanover, <laughs> and I'd say, yeah, you're totally fine playing that guy. You know, so if you have a hole in your in your lineups while you're while you're finishing your build, say it's 4,800 or say it's 4,600 or 5,700, come back to this game and you're going to find someone you can put in there and it'd be pretty easy to justify that start just given the tempo of this game, just given the the style of play in this game and given the opportunity for everyone given the injuries and questionable statuses of those no more known quantities. I love it. Great job, guys. I love it too. We're done. We went long. James, take us home, baby. All right. Bucketheads, thanks for sticking around. You could definitely check us out on Twitter at CBB underscore DFS or come to our website at www.cbb-dfs.com or or even go to YouTube yeah. where you can put a search in maybe for CBB yeah. DFS. Yeah, and you, you can get, get to there. us. And you'll see our, our pretty mugs on YouTube and we'll be breaking games down. This will be... Uh, a podcast so make sure you check those out 
subscribe, review us. We'll read the review live on air. We'll break news events live on air like we did tonight. <laughs> right, right. We appreciate your support, and thanks for hanging with us. We'll see you next time. Win all the money. Win all the money.